0: Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys ages 5, 3, and 18 months. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an
1: English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids ages 10, 8, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together.
0: Alright guys, I have a high five today, and I had to give a high five to something about the Christmas season, because it's Christmas Eve today, we're recording Christmas Eve, (laughs) and...
1: (laughs) Before our kids are up, they're all still sleeping. Sally (laughs) money.
0: Um, but... It's been a fun Christmas season because this is the first time I've had a kid that's really, like, old, old enough to get it. Like, I I don't know. I feel like they always, you know, as younger kids, Cohen and Lennon have always, like, felt the excitement. But this year, Cohen's, like, really into it and the gift-giving and you know what I mean. And he comes home the other day and we're making, we're doing our gingerbread house. And he's like, Mom, I think this is my best Christmas so far. I'm in kindergarten. I know how to give people gifts. Like, you just had all this cute stuff of, I think this is my best Christmas yet. (laughs) It was so cute. Five is such a good age for Christmas. It's so cute. I just love it. And they're so happy about every little thing. Yes. I just love it.
1: And the gift giving. My five-year-old right now is, you know, we have the secret elf where you, like, give things, where you do nice things for somebody for a week at a time. And he is by far the best secret elf I have ever had in my whole life. <laughs> I mean, everywhere I turn, there's a note that says, Reasons Why He Loves Me. Aww. He'll wrap me toys and give yeah. them to me. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, my husband opened up one last night and it was like a little kid chalkboard that he had wrapped for him. Oh my God. And said, I mean, it's so, this That's is like so a, such a good age. It, it really is. For Christmas. Oh, I love that. I That's love so that. cute. I didn't mean to just say also about my five-year-old as you just no, talked about your cute five-year-old but no just, it's the cutest age it is such it's a cute so age cute people. for the magic yes very magical so my high five this week is that we got outside mm-hmm. on i mean it's pretty cold where we're at right now not too cold though it's not like biting cold right now yeah and mm-hmm. on sunday we had had this like leisurely day of you know like christmas music at church and it was so awesome and i had eaten so many christmas cookies because I, like, love Christmas cookies. And when I see Christmas cookies, they're, like, homemade sugar cookies. Mm. so good. Anyway, but I was starting to feel, like, totally sluggish. Like, I'm going to slowly (laughs) sink into, like, a coma here. And so I, to all my kids, I was like, okay, everybody, let's go. I want to just get outside. So we all went up into the mountains and... It was, if you're recovering from a Christmas cookie coma, Mm -hmm. it was the best. We saw, like, tons of deer really close to us, and we meditated on a rock, and it was just like, we have this place we call Meditation Rock, who we always go to, and we do our superpowers, like we, when I say meditate, it's a very loose term. We, like, just (laughs) focus on what can we hear, and we'd be quiet for a minute, and you can hear your, you know, your ears get louder and louder. It's like you're super, you're, like, tuning into your superpowers, you know? Mm Um, which we've talked about before, but it's just being present. And you know, what can we smell and what can we see and what can we taste if we put our tongue out? And it was like the most rejuvenating. Oh, it was just a good reminder to me that even in the winter time, getting out every day with your kids is totally worth it. Cause mm-hmm. I came back and the sun was setting as we were coming back and it was just like gorgeous, gorgeous sunset. And I was like, Oh, that is just what I needed. I mean, cause mm-hmm. this time of year, I'm a huge fan of lots of snuggles and, you know eating <laughs> traditional cozy foods and stuff but still getting outside oh it was it was totally high five worthy mm-hmm. it was awesome and just made I love me think. that i want to make sure we keep doing that throughout the whole winter even as it gets yeah. colder and more snowy
0: yeah it's hard to get outside especially here, where sometimes you look out and it's just like, oh, it's just gray and mm-hmm. So That's I one agree. nice thing about mountains, <clears throat> though,
1: is you look down into the, s- mm-hmm. the smog. Into the soup. smog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, it's a little clearer once mm-hmm. you
0: go up. Yes, it's so true.
1: Oh, and skiing. When you're, at, I mean, up there. I mean, you're like at the very top in totally clear air. Yes. That's the best.
0: That is the best. Okay, so we wanted to take um, this episode to share our top 10 parenting tips, and we could have probably done 50, so (laughs) this is, we tried to condense it down to a few of our favorites, and so yeah, we're just going to go through 10 of our favorite tips. Our first tip is to get curious in your parenting, so um, when I say that, I am specifically talking about in maybe times of problematic behavior, or where you're feeling like I don't know, I feel like our kids go through these phases that we feel like are never going to end and they're doing really weird stuff like hitting other kids or maybe it's that they're stealing toys when you go to a play date or they're saying, I hate you, you're so mean, whatever. So they're going through problematic behavior. And um, my favorite tip for in those times is to get curious and figure out what's, what's the underlying emotional cause in this problematic behavior because I think it's easy to just go into like punishment mode or well if you say you hate me then it's just time out or whatever so I have had a specific example of this lately and I talked about it last episode but that is um Cohen has had a phase of this since maybe not since starting kindergarten but Sometime around them where he's been more defiant, more grouchy, pushing back against like rules at home, which he's pretty like strong, more rule follower kid. Like it's kind of in his personality. So it's been really interesting for us and like fighting sleep and all this stuff. He's just been like kind of out of sorts. And it was really like Parker and I were both very just, like, frustrated, like, what is going on? Like, he's not being himself. Like, that's the thing we kept saying. Like, he is not acting like Cohen. Like, this is really weird. Um, And the thing that really helped was to ignore the rhyme or reason of it or trying to talk it out or whatever it was. Um, And to just really, just every day I tried to be, like, look at him and think, okay, what in your little kid world could be causing this so just the curiosity of what could you be going through that I don't probably understand because I'm an adult and I'm like just go to sleep and kindergarten's not hard and get over it you know those (laughs) adult feelings um and so I started to get curious about that and just sort of recognize like when he would come home from school you know grouchy just you know kindergarten's hard or it's hard to be a big brother or different things like giving him the acknowledgement of Maybe things that he would be going through. And I don't, I didn't actually know if those were any of the things. It was just what I was noticing. And then one night he was really, <clears throat> really frustrated and defiant and um, just mad. And I think he was specifically mad at Parker and like hitting him and yelling at him and I hate you and all this stuff. So I went, I took him into his room. I went with him into his room and was just sitting with him and he was freaking out. He wanted to go out the door and was like hitting the door and getting so mad. And I, you know, I was just sitting with him and I didn't really say anything, but I think a couple times I said, I, I won't let you hit me or dad. And I was just sitting with him. And then after a while of just being there and I was really trying to not, I was trying to be in like a curious mindset and, um, an empathetic mindset. And then he, you know, eventually, I feel like kids a lot of times do this. They go from being really, like, mad, Mm -hmm. and then they go into, like, the sad. Yep. And so he started to go into, like, the crying and sort of, like, you know, like, he sat down by me and was kind of letting me comfort him. And he's just crying, and I was like, can I help you with anything? And just, like, asking him questions. And he just, you know, he just started venting. He's like... Well, I always have to share, and since I'm the biggest, I always have to be the one to share, and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, there was something about school, and then I have to follow these rules, and that's so hard, you know, and he's just, like, venting all his kids' stuff. Mm. I don't, frankly, even know what the things are, because there's still boundaries that are set that he has to do, right? I'm not right. going to change him, but just getting him out. Mm. He vented them all out. But it's okay to be frustrated by the boundaries right. we have to live in. Exactly, in society. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's yeah, Okay, and just acknowledging that. And <clears throat> I'm not saying he's now perfect every single day, but his. I feel like he he saw that I was curious and saw him like, mm. oh, mom is now getting me. And his behavior has really been way more even kill since his, he was able to have that breakdown. Oh, I so love that. That's really cool.
1: You, yeah. you helped him process his emotions. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Through curiosity. Yeah. I love that. Pleasure. Yeah. Okay, well, our uh, second one on our countdown. So I guess we're counting down, right? So number mm-hmm. nine. These are our top ten, like, you know, because New Year's countdowns. It's also, this is, next episode will be our year mark. So this is our last one, kind of recapping Mm -hmm. like our favorite things of this year that we've gone over. Um, So our number nine is Essentials List. It's one of our first episodes. You can go back to and re-listen, but it is something that has literally changed my life, having Essentials List. And my, my main thing, just as a review, it is you make a very, 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 very small list of essential things that you need in your life to fill your bucket. And when I say need, I mean like daily habits that fill Mm -hmm. your soul. So non-negotiable, this is what I do. So for me, that's Miracle Morning. For my kids, it's um, we pray, do a memorizing scripture, we have a memorizing poem, and we read books. I mean, that (coughs) is a very small essentials list. Mm -hmm. There's a bajillion other things we do during the day, but... Their essentials list takes 15 minutes and my essentials list can be um, like, cons- you know, like I can concise it. That's not the right word. Condense. Let's condense it. I can condense it down to six minutes or my ideal is it's usually like an hour, hour and a half. But those are my essentials and they align with my values. And I, the key with an essentials list that it was the biggest tip I had ever heard when it comes to the idea of essentials. And that is you rewrite your success equation for the day. So if you've done your essentials, that is success for the day equals doing your essentials list. Mm -hmm. So as parents, I love this tip because sometimes your day gets derailed by tiny little humans that are so cute, but really get in the way of your to-do list Mm -hmm. and all the things that make you think you're being productive and worthwhile. So if you can rewrite your success equation to say, if I've done my essentials, I have been successful which isn't a stretch for me that actually is a truth those are the drops in the bucket that fill my soul every day that help me become who I want to become and actually help me frankly be more productive and do all the other things on my to-do list Mm -hmm. so To me, it's actually very truthful and it's to my core when I say my success equation equals doing my essentials list for the day. So that for me has been a huge, ever since I did that as a parent, it really, really helped my whole
0: sense of Mm -hmm. self-worth, really. Mm -hmm. I agree. Love the essentials. Okay, number eight. (laughs) Give space for kids to work out their problems. This is probably one of my, I think it's one of the harder parenting tips to follow, but I think it has the most reward when you have kids who can solve their own problems, especially in, um, I love this tip with sibling rivalry, as long as, you know, you're there to prevent really big, you know, like hurting, um, especially protecting babies. But we're talking about like kids having their little scuffles, my favorite thing to say, you know, I listen to if my kids are having a problem, they come to me. I'll just repeat back what they say. And if they, if you're having a problem with, you know, like telling your kids keep coming back, um, even after you've kind of repeated back, oh, it, Jimmy took your ball. You're frustrated. You know, those kind of things. My favorite thing to say is that sounds like a kid size problem that you guys are really big enough to handle. My kids are like, oh, yeah, problem. I got this. <laughs> yeah, I can handle that. But, yeah, I feel like giving kids space to solve their own issues, it creates confidence in them, it creates independence, and it's way less work for you. <laughs>
1: mm, yes, I love that. I love that. This number seven kind of goes piggybacks on that concept of giving your kids space, and that is the pause, mm-hmm. which all of these we have episodes on, and that is the idea that anytime time starting when they're babies – but anytime your kid is freaking out about something or showing a negative emotion, the, your first instinct is to stop it. You know what I mean? Like you want to just pacify it in any way. <laughs> give the binky. Yeah. Or or when they're older, like give them a piece of candy, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you know will stop it. The idea with the pause is you don't do that thing. Mm-hmm. You might do one of those things, hopefully not the candy thing, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe a binky. Mm-hmm. But only after taking a pause to actually ask yourself, kind of goes along with curiosity and space, ask yourself, mm-hmm. what is it that, or ask the kid if they're old enough, mm-hmm. what is it that you actually need here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes it is a binky when they're a baby, but specifically at nighttime as a baby, that was like the best tip ever for sleep in my entire life that I got Skimming from in from our reading <laughs> and our books is just... Wait a second. You don't have to, like, as soon as they make a sound, you don't have to, like, run over and pick them up. You can give them just a minute, Mm -hmm. let them make their statement. And sometimes they just go right back to sleep. And sometimes you're in a much clearer state of mind to know what they need if you're not just, like, rushing, trying to stop the crying. Mm -hmm. So the pause is huge. And I even find with my 10 year old still, a pause is huge. I actually, lots of times when she's, like, upset and she'll come over to me, I found just pausing even before I say something. Lots of times she ends up filling the space, which with what the answer really is, instead of me jumping in and being like, oh man, it looks like, and there's nothing wrong with, I actually do the repeating Mm -hmm. back a lot, but I have noticed if I just give it a pause and just hold her, she'll just start talking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So even with the 10 year old, that little bit of a pause before you ask questions helps you both get in a really nice state of mind. So, and frankly, even as I'm talking, I think the pause works with just communicating with people Mm -hmm. when they're telling you something instead of just rushing to be the fill the space what you're gonna say Mm -hmm. or fix it. if you pause Mm -hmm. and actually like look at them they feel heard you understand better you're focusing on understanding first Mm -hmm.
0: and the pause is frankly just a great Mm -hmm. tip all around add that to the all-around tips (laughs) (laughs) okay number six see how you can grow in parenting which in many ways we can grow in parenting i think it's probably the most um, changing thing, for, at least for me in my life it's made me see tons of things about myself um, and if you can be aware of that then you can rise above those maybe triggers or past um, things that you have from your past that are having you hold on to certain things um, kids are always in the present moment they really always are and I think if we can be and we can look and say, oh, how is this triggering me? Am I scared to change? Or will my parents think I should do it a certain way? Or do I have this thought that my kid should act this way or should be this way? Um, I think we can grow out of our reactivity when we're Mm -hmm. parenting and Mm -hmm. into more of a response, like a conscious response. Mm -hmm. And you can learn a lot about yourselves.
1: When you can identify what you believe you're kids should be doing mm-hmm. you're learning a lot about yourself mm-hmm. totally i love that in the book don't sweat the small stuff which was one of my first self-help books i ever read and anyway when i was like a teenager and he has a scene called he calls them. if you look at things that stretch you as patience practice periods it, it totally reframes it and i feel like that's what you're saying here mm-hmm. is if we can see these triggers not just as like this trial we have to go through but wow, how, what am I learning about myself and how is this helping me grow? And when your kid's having a tantrum, if I name it a patient's practice period, mm-hmm. like I am literally growing my ability to be patient right now, mm-hmm. it totally changes it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, wow, what an awesome opportunity I'm having to test out my ability to be patient. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It totally changes it. Mm-hmm. So I love that. If you can reframe that this is helping me grow mm-hmm. and what am I learning about myself, wow, I think it takes all the difficulty of parenting and reframes it to something really beautiful positive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll come back with five more tips.
1: Okay, we are on our top parenting countdown to number five now. And this is a tip that my friend Emily Cutler gave me when my kids were tiny. And this is, so I like to read to my kids at bedtime. She liked to read to her kids at bedtime. And she was like, have you ever, she actually had, her sons are older now, but when they were little, she would have them like play with her hair while she read to them every night. So she'd like sit next to their bed. And I was like, no, this sounds like a good plan. (laughs) Why am I not doing this? So I started probably five years ago. It started with just, hey, play with my hair while I read to you. And now it's we actually do a tickle train. So like I have one kid sit behind me, one in front, and I tickle with one hand while I read. Mm -hmm. And then like halfway through, you know, we'll read 10 pages and then we all turn around and tickle the other way. And it is so fun because, first of all, we're reading every night, which is great. Second of all, it's Awesome to be have like a back tickle while, and then they'll brush my hair. Like half the time, they'll bring in a brush and they like like braid my mm-hmm. hair and stuff. And it just really takes up the enjoyability level of reading. So that combined with then they get to go to bed, and I let them read in their own beds. They each have their own like no blue light reading lamp mm-hmm. <laughs> that they can use. And I feel like that's a parenting, kind of a parenting hack that. Just helps them really learn to love reading because Mm. all kids, I swear, it's like programmed into their genetics, DNA. All kids want to postpone bedtime a little bit. So Mm -hmm. if you can put them to bed early enough, they can still get some reading time and still get a good amount of sleep. They feel like they're like, you know, sneaking under the radar, but really it's your plan all (laughs) along. So so (laughs) that's my hack. Tickle train while you read to them and then let them feel like they're getting extra time by letting them read. And I mean, my (laughs) oldest. And the cool thing is, they learn to regulate when they feel sleepy so Mm -hmm. like my older will stay up later than the next one down because she needs a little less sleep so yeah unless also my oldest is kind of like me she might push it a little bit (laughs) but still it's reading and it's great and
0: she manages it herself so i'm laughing because this trip trick hack whatever totally we've just barely started where like sometimes we put our kids to bed and they're, you know, not tired. I'm like, well, you can grab a couple of books. And they're like, <gasps> they think it's so cool to like <laughs> take in the stack of books. Like what? we've never had anything in bed. This is so cool. But I'm laughing because like yours, my oldest is totally like a, I will glue my eyelids open to stay awake, Cohen. <laughs> and it's so funny because I'll just hear Lynn up there. Cohen go to sleep because Lenny's like the exact opposite. He His head hits a pillow and he falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just so funny. They're different so personalities. Cute. Okay, number four <clears throat> is to interfere less. So this is a little bit different than um, the giving space for them to work out their problems. This is just interfering in general. So specifically – When you're thinking from infant, it's if your babies are just playing on the ground, try, and this is harder with your first and gets easier as you have more kids because (laughs) you don't have time to just sit there and, ooh, do you want this toy? And put it in their hand or <laughs> and then analyze if they're liking it or not <laughs> roll them over get them a little comfy I feel like this gradually progresses into something you just do when you have more kids but I remember with Cohen being like oh he's kind of making this face like he might want to do something should I give him the story <laughs> you know what I mean and so just interfere less especially in play it shows babies and kids that we trust their choices so so if they're going into, you know, like toddlerhood and you're like, do they, you know, go to the playground, say they're looking at the slide, instead of just putting them on the slide, let them make the decision to slide or tell you they want help with sliding. Um And I think this leads directly into older childhood. If we're constantly planning, directing, um, of course we're going to have a child who's less content and who needs us to create their play for them but if we can guide them down this path to self-ownership um and trust them that they will I, i don't know i think the tip that play a lot of the times looks different than we think it's going to look but their little imaginations really grow um And I was reading an article specifically about this by our favorite, Janet Lansbury. And she gave this tip that I've never really thought about. And when it comes to extracurriculars, she recommends um, kind of doing like a super loose exposure. So instead of just, because I've always thought, well, you sign them up for, you know, maybe when they're five or six and they think, oh, I want to play a sport. You sign them up for soccer, see if they like it. Maybe they like it, maybe they don't. But her tip, which I really love, is to give them, like, a loose exposure. So maybe it's like, you know, you guys go shopping and there's a ballet studio and you walk by and, like, let them look in the window. Oh. And if they maybe mention they'd want to try it, then sign them up. And I feel like it's a really um, – it's a smart way to introduce kids to extracurriculars. And I feel like that's a problem that a lot of people – have is what should I put my kid into? How much should I have them do? And yeah, so she just recommends like a loose exposure. So books, maybe you watch the sport or, you know, have them listen to someone playing the piano and see if it sparks their interest before you push them into it and it helps them have more ownership over what they're doing so everything from babies all the way up to when they start doing like bigger kids stuff Mm -hmm. this applies just less interference Mm -hmm. more choice on their side i really like like.
1: yeah i really like that and i think ownership in general anytime we can inspire ownership in our kids it's a win Mm -hmm. for everybody Okay, our number three is this tip is from my friend Meredith Kelly, and she gave me this tip, again, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, and I have loved it. And it's a pretty simple tip, and that is when you're preparing dinner, I don't know about you guys, but my kids, the half an hour before dinner, they turn into like ravenous wolves. (laughs) They're hungry, and it's kind of like, oh, my goodness. It's like, have you guys seen the meme? no bedtime is the leading cause of dehydration in children (laughs) like they're so thirsty right before bed Uh i feel like that's how it is with dinner they're so hungry right before dinner Uh this one actually makes sense it's not just they're trying to postpone bedtime like with the drinks Mm -hmm. this is just like i think everybody is kind of hungry before dinner time Mm -hmm. and they start getting into this like foraging mode Mm -hmm. you know like even my three-year-old he starts like opening the pantry like but i don't want him to eat stuff because i'm making dinner Mm -hmm. and it's gonna ruin his appetite so Anyway, but I also don't want to be like, nah, anyway. So what I found, (laughs) (laughs) just like that, that's how exactly I would say it. My friend gave me this tip, and that is to just whatever vegetables you're having. So, Or like in my fridge, I always have carrots and celery. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Just put out a little little bit of veggies Mm -hmm. or fruit, whatever. Cut up some apples, Mm -hmm. have them sitting there, and have them be something that obviously I'm going to bring to the dinner table. Mm -hmm. So it isn't like they're going to waste if they don't eat them. But they're just out, just sitting there. Mm -hmm. So when inevitably they start foraging i can say no we're not going to be eating crackers Mm -hmm. right before dinner you're not going to eat a whole thing of bread (laughs) right before dinner because you're not going to eat my dinner that i'm making you Mm -hmm. i can say oh are you hungry look i slice these apples for you Mm -hmm. as i'm making dinner Mm -hmm. and if they really are starving they can eat a slice of apple it doesn't ruin their appetite Or they can eat a carrot. They feel like I'm not perishing of Mm -hmm. hunger Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling good about myself because they just ate something that's good for them and it doesn't actually ruin, because they're not going to overeat the carrot. You know what I mean? Because they know a yummy dinner is coming. So anyway, that little tip is, in fact, Meredith said even it works for husbands. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We're always just like eating when my husband gets home, but, and it could work for you too. You know what I mean? If you're hungry, eat a piece of salad My husband's like the
0: opposite. I always... I'm like the, I like have a little chocolate or something while I'm eating dinner. I like, and Parker will hold out, man. He will, he'll just like, what are you doing? Like, look at me like, dinner's in two hours. Like, what are you doing
1: eating? <laughs> yeah, I'm a totally nibbler for sure. But anyway, oh, I love so yeah. that tip. That's yeah. really but good. That could work for you too. I actually find it's helpful for myself. So there you go. Put out veggies as you're preparing dinner or a fruit. I love that.
0: Okay. Number two is to fall in love with your child. Um, This is an all-encompassing tip, and I think a lot of the times we get caught up in the minutiae of parenting and discipline, and did we say the right thing, did we do the right thing, or did we just ruin our child? (laughs) And I think if we can be present with our kids, see them, and enjoy their little kid ness, even their kindergarten-ness sometimes, (laughs) and just fall in love with every single stage. If I'm in that mindset of more enjoyment and positive mindset, I find myself less annoyed by things, and I I feel like there's less to annoy me because they feel the love back, and they reciprocate. Mm -hmm. So I just love that tip. If you're feeling like you're going through... Obviously, we all love our kids all the time, but sometimes we're not. Loving them in the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can sometimes love them but not feel like we like them <laughs> Yes, <at> the moment. <laughs> yes. So what I'm going through, like, those stages, say with Cohen, I really tried to focus on his good things and complimenting those good things that he was doing and just seeing them myself, and it really reframed my mindset and I'm sure made him feel more accepted, less less fussed over, and help, I think it helps ease Mm -hmm. their bad behavior. Mm
1: -hmm. Something that I like when you're trying to focus on falling in love with your child is I really like to focus on one small attribute of theirs that I can focus on loving when they're really bugging me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so... When my babies were small, I actually loved the way when they cried, their little tongue would like, uh, Mm -hmm. like kind of shake. Mm -hmm. So even during a moment of crying, I could find this moment of like, oh, that's That's so so cute. cute. Yeah. Or the little like peach fuzz on their cheeks. Or even with my older kids, I love like the shape of my daughter's nose. It's just still so like i don't know like a little button nose mm-hmm. or so even when i'm frustrated with her sometimes i'll like focus in on just something simple that i just love mm-hmm. and lots of times it's a physical attribute because it's something that i can just like See. focus in mm-hmm. on but it can also be in a moment where you know say my second daughter is crying because she's just so tender-hearted you know what i mean and it may be frustrating because i'm like
0: oh, are we really up. upset about this <laughs>
1: I can take that moment to instead focus in on, oh, she is so tender hearted. She has such a loving and sensitive heart. Mm-hmm. And just saying that to myself, focusing on the attribute, I think really helps mm-hmm. to be able to fall in love. Cause really isn't that what falling in love is? When you fall in love with a romantic partner, when you look at them you know their eyelashes catch your eye and everything about them just seems so wonderful the little specifics and you could just stare at their profile you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i think the same thing applies to our kids if we're gonna just focus on those little things that we love about them it can help us fall in love with them even when we're not feeling like we like them very much mm-hmm. i love that okay and our number one tip this is an overarching tip that we have touched on i mean countless times over the past year And that is to remember that your own oxygen mask is very important. Mm -hmm. Just like on an airplane where they say put on your own mask first and then your child's. Just like if you're driving a car and you let your car run out of gas, you can't actually take your kids anywhere if your car's Mm -hmm. out of gas. You got to fill up that gas tank. Mm -hmm. I think in parenting, it is important to always remember to fill up our own souls and our own wholeness and we have spent so much time focusing like talking about how to actually do that but for me it comes to finding what fills up my soul and taking time every single day to do that Mm -hmm. for me it's before my kids even wake up in the morning so that when through my morning routine so that when they wake up I feel ready to give because parenting is so much about giving and it's beautiful and that that giving really gives us so much meaning in our life but I really feel like we are unable to give if we don't. We're unable, sorry, that's not true. You can give and give and give and give and be depleted and be resentful. You can do that. Mm -hmm. So it's not impossible. But I think it's, you can give so much better and you can model uh, healthy behavior and you can model wholeness and you can also model to your kids that I value myself and I value you Mm -hmm. because. There's been tons of research out there that kids get their self-worth not by, well, actually how we treat them is very important, but it's how we see ourselves is Mm -hmm. the biggest factor of how they're going to see themselves as they grow. Mm -hmm. So your daughters, how they look at their bodies is directly correlated to how you look at your body. Mm -hmm. All those things are directly correlated. So I think it's so important as we give and give and give to our children that we also fill up ourselves with wholeness and we model that so that we can create hopefully the idea is that we live a life that we feel fulfilled in and we can also model to our kids how to live a life that actually is a combination of selfless service and wholeness and fulfillment Mm
0: -hmm. yes i love that and actually next week we are going to have our top 10 tips for um self-care and so i'm really excited it will Hook right onto this. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. We're really excited that we are at a year of episodes, and thank you to everyone who has been listening this whole time. You guys are all awesome. All right, let's find the magic. Me, 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 me. Brown cows.